If you're looking for Pokemon style Etsy items, Pokemon Pop figures, and so much more, check out the PokeDepartmentStore.com. That's P-O-K-E-D-E-P-S-T-O-R-E.com for all your Pokemon needs. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <clears throat> Hey everyone, it's Pokemon Cave here. Time for another episode. So today we're going to be looking at uh, Season 1, Episode 4, and Episode 5. Uh, episode 4 was a pretty mellow episode. Uh, not a whole lot happened uh, as far as uh, the journey goes. Uh, however, I guess it was kind of a filler episode. Um, but there are some issues with the episode as far as uh, WTF moments go. Uh, for one, it seems that Ash is actually starting to catch on uh, for the fact that, you know, he he went to go catch the Weedle um, and instantly went to go grab a Pokeball to toss it at it to try and catch it and then stopped and realized, oh, wait a minute, I actually have to fight these things. Uh, so, you know, good on you. If, uh, if he had actually taken that Pokeball and thrown it... Um, without trying to battle it. I don't know what the heck he would be thinking uh, other than the fact that he's not thinking, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, like, come on, man. Like, you got three Pokemon, two of them you've caught already. Um, you know, you, you should know this by now. Uh, next, the Samurai. Uh, what the heck is his deal? He just pops out of the woods out of nowhere and banishes a samurai sword inches away from Misty's face. Like, are you a freaking creep or what, man? You're just sitting in a wood with a bunch of bug-type Pokemon, waiting for, you know, some Pallet Town trainer, and you don't know who this Pallet Trainer is, or Pallet Town trainer is, uh, but you're going to throw your sword at them every freaking time you see a trainer. Like, what the hell is your issue, man? Um... 
<laughs> Ash sent out a Metapod. Uh, why? Why? <laughs> why are you sending out a Metapod to face at this trainer? Like, oh, come on, man. You got Pidgeotto. You got Pikachu. Now, mind you, Pikachu, that snarky asshole. Uh, Ash says, oh, you know, go Pikachu, fight. And Pikachu has basically thrown up a campsite and has decided to go take a nap. Like, that little rodent's a piece of shit, in my opinion, in the early seasons. Thank God he actually started to like Ash and became his best friend. Because honestly, fucking Pokemon's a dick. <laughs> Metapod versus Metapod. Why? Like, why, why, why? Oh my god, why? I have never thought about drinking so badly in my life as I did when I saw Metapod versus Metapod. Even as a kid, watching Metapod versus Metapod, I, I seriously, I can, it's almost PTSD. I can sit there and remember and go, what the fuck were they thinking? Metapod, use Harden. Metapod, you use Harden. Sure, yeah. Where the fuck's this gonna go? You can see from the shadow that it drags on hour after hour after hour after hour. What the fuck are they doing? Honestly. It's like, uh, Eventually, they stop using Harden each because I believe it's just like the video games you can sit there and, and use the move harden but eventually it doesn't work because you can't get any harder you see at the very beginning uh when the samurai says metapod use harden you can see it use harden the actual move harden uh and it toughens its shell you can see ash's metapod also use harden but then after a while, they're saying, you know, use Harden or Maximum Hardness. Like, what the fuck is Maximum Hardness? <laughs> like, honestly, what the hell? But they're not, they're not doing anything. They're just sitting there. They're not, you don't see the shine. You don't see the move actually trigger. The Metapods are just kind of sitting there. They're not doing anything. And you can almost kind of see it also in their eyes, like the Metapod's eyes. They're sitting there going, what the fuck do you want me to do? I'm already as hard as I can get. What is this, a freaking Viagra commercial? Like, Jesus Christ. If your Metapod has his heart hardened technique enabled for more than four hours, consult your Nurse Joy. <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> uh, Rocket's Pyro setup. Okay, so Rocket... Team Rocket uses Pyro a lot. Uh, pyrotechnics in the form of, you know, fireworks or confetti cannons and smoke cannons and whatnot. Uh, they're they're known for their um, showmanship, I guess you should you might want to call it that. The problem is, they pop out of nowhere in ninety five percent of the time right or even almost 100% of the time they just pop out of nowhere 
Where the hell is this pyro being set up? Do they assume that Ashley and his friends are going to be at point, you know, point A at, at set time? So they go down, set up their pyrotechnics, rehearse it, and then wait for Ashley and his friends to get to point A. And then they set up their pyrotechnics when they do their whole theme entry. Like, I, I never understood the concept of that. I, what's the point of these freaking pyrotechnics? Um, <laughs> the paper tank. <laughs> Jesse mentions to James that they're using the paper tank so they mm -hmm. don't get stung by the bee drill. Okay. Now, keep in mind, later on, the bee drill are strong enough to punch their stingers through a wooden door, okay? The door looks like it's, uh, I don't know, a one by two? Like pieces of wood that are roughly one by two-ish, give or take. Okay, so they punch their stingers pretty much almost all the way through uh, based on the thickness of the stinger that's protruding through the door. Okay, so this is wood. Okay, wood is a heck of a lot stronger than paper uh, or, you know, cardboard or something because it looks almost like cardboard when you're walking this paper tank. But it's said to be paper. Um, now, whether or not that's just a... Um, like a dubbing technique instead of saying cardboard uh, to fit in the mouth mouth segment they'll say paper just so it's shorter and easier to dub in for the, the english dub uh but you know let's say best case scenario it's cardboard uh, if they're trying to protect themselves from a bee drill sting and they can punch through a, a one by two i don't think cardboard is going to save you bud you're going to get hurt like really bad <laughs> Um, <laughs> all of a sudden, uh, Metapod, uh, when he evolves into, uh, Butterfree, um, and he, he flings himself, uh, at the, at, was it Beedrill, I think? Did I forget when Beedrill or Metapod knows Tackle? Because if Metapod knew Tackle, why was he and the Samurai just sitting there using Harden for hours upon hours upon hours? Why didn't someone use Tackle? At least he would have done some damage, right? Like, it, it would have been an actual battle. Uh, or or was Metapod thrown at the Beedrill? <laughs> Or, like, what the heck happened? <laughs> I, it was so screwed up when I saw that. I thought they could have, they could have actually had a battle if he actually knew heart or uh, tackle. But yeah, um, <laughs> so that was, that was pretty much it for, for episode four. Uh, like I said before, it, episode four didn't have a whole lot to it. Um, Episode 5, though, was just one after another of 
WTF moments. Um, and we're going to move into that just right about now. Alright, so next we're going to do episode 5. Um, Flint, uh, who we later find out is uh, Brock's father. Um, at one point people thought actually Flint was Brock. But um, that's later debunked when Flint is showing Brock in the house with his younger brothers and sisters. Um, so in the episode, Flint is selling rocks. Yeah, yeah, just just rocks, not uh, not graphite, you know, the the shiny stuff. Just just standard run-of-the-mill rocks. Um. <laughs> The concept of selling rocks honestly does remind me of a store that we have here in my town uh, that sells essentially rocks. Um, if you're dumb enough to buy a rock, then I guess they won, right? Um, <laughs> then he tries to charge Ash $2 because he rested on the rock. <laughs> And, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, $2, that's, I mean, that's not a whole lot of money, but that is a lot of money just because he was sitting there, right? I mean, clearly people aren't buying his rocks if he's going to randomly charge someone $2 because they stopped there. Uh, <laughs> which then brings us to the diner where Ash and Misty are eating. Uh, and Misty's trying to kind of give him advice and help him out. She gets pissed off and walks away and leaves him with the bill. Uh, and if you look at the bill, it's for $1,150. Okay? $1,150. What the hell are they eating? <laughs> Holy crap! Now, mind you, um, this could be obviously a play onto the, the games, right? Um... Everything in the game is ridiculously expensive. Uh, and the fact that, like, it just doesn't make sense monetary-wise. Uh, you know, the guy wants a million dollars for the, the bicycle kind of thing. Um, when you get the bicycle in the games. Uh, a bottle of water costs, like, a couple hundred dollars or something goofy like that. Um... So the, the concept of monetary value uh, is royally messed up in both the game and the anime series. Um, Ash mentions that it takes him two weeks to get to Pewter City. Which is absolutely insane. Um, yeah, mind you... Two weeks, uh, that, in the, in that course of time, he traveled from Pallet Town to Viridian City, um, that alone, I think, but based on the anime, it looked like it only took, uh, a day, two days-ish, um, he probably stayed in Viridian City for couple days ish again you know say three days so you're looking at about five days or so five maybe six days 
uh, to really get from Pewter City to Viridian City. Um, I'm not sure the exact distance between each city, but even that seems like it's pretty long, even with his uh, mentality of screwing around, getting caught up with the uh, Spiro and all that stuff. Um, but again, another week of walking through this forest, apparently. Like, that, that doesn't really make sense. Like, how big is this freaking forest? Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, it's just the, the concept of travel and time, it just doesn't seem right. Um, even in these filler episodes, it just doesn't jive properly. Um, when Ash is facing Brock, and... Pikachu's being uh, attacked by Onyx and is actually uh, trapped by uh, Bind. Ash is actively trying to catch or to uh, send back Pikachu. Now, this is the problem I face. Pikachu despises that Pokeball. Just absolutely despises that Pokeball. Um, he doesn't want to be in it. He made that clear from the very beginning. Uh, and he never really does go into Pokeball. I don't think he actually ever does go into Pokeball. Um, but yet, when he is told to face Onyx, he runs up to Ash, grabs his, his waist, and taps a Pokeball. Now... Is he trying to get into Pokeball or is he trying to actively send out one of Ash's Pokemon and say, here, screw this crap, you take over. Uh, but again, you know, Ash is trying to capture or send back Pikachu. If he could have, would Pikachu actually go back into the Pokeball? Or would it just jump back out of the Pokeball and, and scurry in behind Ash? Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's not, it's, it's kind of weird that way. So, <laughs> Ash learns from Flint that he can boost Pikachu's power, uh, which is good. Um, you know, Pikachu definitely does need to get stronger. So... They find the hydro dam uh, thing, but of course, you know, there's no water or the, the very little water. So Ash is standing on this stupid thing, pushing it. I, I watching him push this thing, just the way he was standing on it. I can't help but imagine you would smash your knee or your shin off of that thing. At least every second step or so. I honestly like what a it was such a steep incline, and then and how does he have the power to ma to manually move that thing enough to create electrical current, especially enough to actually boost Pikachu up the way that it did? Like, just, there's no way. And then you know, um. He's too stupid to ask Misty for help. 
Misty has water type Pokemon. Um, mind you, a lot of them need to be in the water to work. <laughs> Um, and I don't know if there's enough water in that pond or in that river, I guess, or a stream, uh, to use Godin. Um, but you know, they, they could have used a water type Pokemon and used water gun to hit the, the hydro or the, uh, the, the mill and turned it, which then would have created electricity. Um... Ash goes back to face Brock for second round. He uses Pidgeotto uh, for once. Pidgeotto is a flying type. It's weak against ground type. But yeah, you can see Pidgeotto actively flying kind of sideways, dodging Geodude's punches. And it doesn't look like he connects at all, like Geodude towards Pidgeotto. But yes, somehow Pidgeotto gets knocked out. I, I don't understand why or how, but somehow Pidgeotto was knocked out. Uh, Pikachu goes into the battle, uh, much stronger now. Uh, hurts Onyx, finally, with the Thunderbolt. Uh... But then is knocked out. Okay, you see the little swirls in his eyes. When the Pokemon's knocked out, that's it. The battle's over. You see this constantly. But yet somehow it wasn't over. Uh, basically, Ash wanted to keep fighting. Um, Brock is trying to tell him that, you know, no, it's it's over. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Pikachu somehow gets up. Guess not, no longer knocked out. Uh, wants to fight. Ash is going to deliver the, the final blow to Onyx. Uh, and then kind of gets quote unquote stopped by his uh, his inner self as he uh, proclaims. Meanwhile, it's actually Brock's younger brothers and sisters. Uh, that, that in a sense, that's, that's interfering with the Pokemon battle. Um, actually, Brock mentions that. Uh, specifically to his brothers and sisters that they are inter uh, interfering with a um, with a Pokemon League battle or um, a Pokemon gym battle and that they can't do that uh, but then Ash kind of gives up and says oh well I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you uh, my way not by a, a technicality of the the water sprinklers you know, which, yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, yes, he did use the water sprinklers as a, uh, as, as a assist for the Thunderbolt. Um, and, and you can weigh both sides of this argument. Yes, some people can say, well, it's all fair. You know, it's in the gym. Whatever's in the gym is, you know um it's it's allowed others will say no it's not allowed whatever is on the actual playing field is allowed not what's above but technically i mean yeah you're not allowed to leave the parameters of the field you know that's that's a given rule 
Uh, however, if it's above the field, you know, directly above it, it's not outside of the parameters of the field. Should that not be allowed to? I mean, you know, you need to account for flying type Pokemon, right? Um, for instance, Pidgeotto. Uh, if Brock had a different type of Pokemon, um, one that could throw, or well, I guess Geodude could do Rock Throw. Um, however, I, I don't think that was part of the anime at that point in time. Um, but for, you know, for, let's just say for argument's sake, let's say Geodude could do Rock Throw at that point in time in the anime. Uh, Geodude throws a rock, Mrs. Pidgeotto hits the water sprinkler system above Pidgeotto or whatever. It starts raining because of the sprinkler system. Uh, is that still allowed? Do you have to stop to fight because of damage done to the arena or to the gym? Um, you know, it's a it's a pretty big debate um, in in the Pokemon community. Lots of people weigh one way and lots of the others weigh the other way as far as yes, you need to stop the battle or no, it's all fair as long as it's above the arena and within the parameters of the arena. Um, then Flint, uh, so after the battle, um, Flint is uh, revealed to be Brock's father, the deadbeat as Brock's father actually uh, proclaimed himself to be uh, as the deadbeat. Uh, you know, in moments before this, Ash got the boulder badge um, through a technicality. Technically, uh, he didn't. Ash didn't technically win. You know, uh, if this was the anime or the the Pokemon game, uh, think of it this way: Onyx probably would have been down to. Um, like the red bar system, so to speak. He he was he was circling the drain. All right, let's let's just put it that way. Um, he wasn't he wasn't knocked out, but he was pretty damn close to it. Yeah, Pikachu probably could have finished him off in one. Um, could Onyx have come back and recuperated, kind of like what Pikachu did? Because again, Pikachu was theoretically knocked out. You saw it in his freaking eyes. He was knocked out. Or was he just kind of dazed and again circling the drain in that kind of red bar system kind of uh, so to speak. Uh, when you mentioned the video games. Uh, it, it's hard to tell. Uh, he probably could have fought back. Obviously not as strong as before. Um but yeah, who knows? Uh, so you know, Ash gets the Boulder Badge through through technicality, uh, and there's other times where Ash will get the badges through technicalities, um, and it's kind of a BS how it happens. It shouldn't have happened that way. You know, if you're gonna win the gym battle, you're gonna have to do it properly. You, you don't see yourself getting gym badges in the video games through technicalities. You know, you don't see the gym leader coming up and saying, oh, you know, I I won, you know, in a, in a sense. and But you got my Pokemon down to, like, two health points. So, you know, close enough. Here's the badge. No, you, you don't see that ever happening. Ever. 
period. Uh, so yeah, anyways, Flint is the deadbeat father. Uh, <laughs> instead of yelling at his father, Brock gives him a list of things that he's got to do. Uh, I mean, I honestly, I, I think that's better. Like, honestly, yeah. Any person would agree if if Brock had yelled at his father, called him the deadbeat, called him a piece of shit, and this and that. Obviously, they're not going to do it that way because it's a kid's show. It's meant for kids um, with adult background humor uh, in a sense, you know. It's the whole point of this podcast, and there's points where there's some very disgusting things going on that to a kid is haha funny and to us adults it's, we sit there and go oh my god they actually put this in freaking cartoons back then you know uh so yeah instead of yelling at his father he gives him less and honestly i think that's better than sitting there and yelling at your father because yes you could sit there and yell at him and call him a jerk and a deadbeat and a piece of shit and all this stuff but to turn around and say, yeah, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going on this journey. Here's a list. Take care of your fucking kids. See ya. Fuck you, buddy. You know, that, that is basically the ultimate fuck you. You know? Screw you. Here's a list of shit that you, that you need to do because you are the father. And you know what? You can go to hell. I'm going to go and do this Pokemon journey. You know, you can take care of your kids. You can run the Pewter City Gym. Screw you, right? Um, yeah. Honestly, that's I was pretty impressed with that moment because that was the ultimate get back. You know, um, the episode ends. What's a very kind of head scratcher? Um, a big drill head pops out of the ground. <laughs> Uh, and it's Team Rocket. Uh, earlier in the episode, they fell through their own trap. <laughs> uh, like they normally always do. You know, they get trapped by their own traps. Because they're not that bright. Um, the thing is though. Okay, so. A couple problems with with these things. They dug this hole originally to try and trap Ash and Pikachu and all that. Um... When they were digging this hole, A, how the heck did they get out of the hole in the first place when they were digging it? Um, and then they covered it up and then ultimately fell through it and got stuck in the hole again. Um, but again, they tunneled their way through the ground and somehow popped out of God knows where. A uh, couple things wrong with that. One, if they were able to get out of the hole... In the first place, when they were building the trap, why didn't they just do that in the in the first place? Uh, unless it was a ladder and they had the ladder, you know, you see it sometimes in the animes. It's that that bamboo ladder kind of thing. Um, they could have had a bamboo ladder somewhere. They used that to get out of the the hole, or um, when they built that bamboo bracing to cover the trap, they could have used that to get out of the hole. Uh, after they're done digging it. Uh, it. You know. It makes sense that they wouldn't be able to get get out of the hole. If that bamboo ladder or bamboo bracing. Um, was broken. Uh, you know they could have possibly tried to put it back together in the hole. 
uh, retied the bracings and used as a makeshift ladder to get out, but it probably was compromised due to them falling through it, right? Uh, so you never know. But my biggest head scratcher was where the heck did they get that drill from? And, and necessarily, what is it? Is it just a giant drill head or was it, um, you know, I've, I'm remembering back in the anime, they had like a Rhyhorn uh, Pokemon drill mechanism that they used to drill through the holes or drill through the ground. They also had a Rhydon machine, I believe, uh, later on in the, the seasons that also had to drill, right? Uh, and it stopped electricity and whatnot. So, but that's the thing. Where the heck did they get this drill? Was it dropped off for them? And if so, whoever dropped it off, why couldn't they just get them out of the hole, right? Uh, so that's the thing. There's That was the, the kind of cliffhanger in my head was, well, wait a minute, how the heck did they get this mechanics and get out? It's kind of weird. Um, and that brings us to the end of episode five. Uh, so basically, uh, probably within next day or so, I'm going to be doing episode six and episode seven. Um, and I'll do a lot more, uh, in the week following, uh, as I've got a week of holidays so I can kind of sit down and, and plow through the seasons a little quicker. Uh, but I wanted to take this time at the end of the podcast to give a shout out to a to a buddy of mine. Uh, he's been we've been going on Instagram for a little while now. Um, you know he's uh, he sent me a message today asking if I could follow him on YouTube, and I'm I'm I, I will gladly follow. Um, a lot of people on YouTube uh, in the Pokemon community because he got a social support, right? Uh, so this guy uh, goes by Pokemon Badu, uh, spelled P-O-K-E-M-O-N-B-A-D-D-U. Uh, you can find him on Instagram. Uh, his picture at the moment is uh, Ash and Pikachu. Uh, looks like the newer anime. Uh, but yeah, you can find him on Instagram. Uh, you can also find him on YouTube. He also has a YouTube channel with uh, 142 subscribers and hopefully climbing. Uh, that one, he goes by Badu Pokemon 85 and I hope I'm saying that correctly, bud. Uh, that is spelled B-A-D-D-U-P-O-K-E-M-O-N-8-5, as in 85. Um, you know... We're, uh, we're also in the middle of uh, a contest going on uh, with Rare Rare Hunter 45 I think is the username for Instagram. Um, doing a thing where you can win a Japanese booster box. So that'd be kind of cool. Uh, again, I believe it is Rare Hunter 45 on Instagram. Uh, check that out. Um, he's doing a thing where... He's trying to get to a thousand followers. Uh, and once he gets to a thousand followers, he's going to draw for that box, which is kind of cool. Um, I'm also in the the running to try and get to a thousand. I'm almost there. I'm at uh, about eight hundred and twenty, give or take. Uh, it fluctuates from daily. Um, 
some days I get more followers, some days I lose followers. It's just the way it works. Um, it's just the way of Instagram and YouTube and even this, the podcast, right? Uh, but yeah, that's that's everything for today, guys. We're going to wrap it up today. Uh, join me again, hopefully soon, to go over episode six and episode seven. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.